Yo, the only podcast in Chicago that matters. I am your host, Rashad Nasir, accompanied by Danny 12th Tree. We are the What Up Joe podcast. Today, we got the brother Lord Haiti with us. Peace, Lord. peace, peace. Peace to peace. the God. What's going peace. on, my dude? What's good? What's good, family? How you doing, my dude? Pleasure having you. Finally good to meet you yes, in person. Yes, finally. You know what I'm saying? Finally. I appreciate y'all having me here. Definitely. As I told y'all off the air, I'm proud of y'all, brothers. For real. Appreciate proud you. of y'all. Especially you, my brother. Uh-huh. Uh, that video you had sent, it was like the... Um, a little black exploitation shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and the song that you got with Rico. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. You, thank you. yeah. 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 I'm proud of y'all brothers, man. Definitely. So appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, man. it, man. Thank y'all for having me. Um so yeah, so for me to take it back to the beginning, I think I first became familiar with you, bro, when you dropped um OMS one point five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 2019, I yeah. think. Yeah. Great project. Um, it. You know, I, I think that might have even been the first time I heard Freddie Olso. I think, no, that, that was, was on the first, first one. That was the first, that was that was first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe that was the one I first heard you. But either way, just, just really coming in tune with your music, you know what I'm saying? Uh, from what I've heard, definitely a, a great producer. And from what I know about you, you have coined or developed your own particular sound. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. What do you call it? Vibe. Vibe. Just vibe. Okay. Just, that's vibe. just that. That's just it. Vibe. That's just gonna it. vibe. Just vibe to I feel it. That. Like it's it's a, gonna catch a vibe, you're gonna vibe to it. Uh everybody that from everybody who told me they said they catch a vibe, it makes them feel a certain thing. So I look at like music as an experience. You For know sure. what I'm saying? Like anything that you creating as an artist like it's an experience like bro you know like yeah. you creating something you sharing and jotting down your experiences exactly. like you know you're gonna share something it's like and if you paint the picture people are gonna be like oh shit i can actually see what bro is talking about to, right? yeah so that's really what it is bro for sure in 2012 i was selling a lot of ecstasy i used to call them vibes <laughs> i thought his name was cool <laughs> shout out to isu <laughs> yeah, you, bro. I nah, my uh, one of my ex joints was out there, so I used oh, to be I out there say, fucking trying to I make some money. Niggas <laughs> incriminating themselves. <laughs> hey, Allegedly. 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 Right, right, right. Yeah. That shit funny as shit. This nigga's crazy. So, yeah. real quick, how'd you come up with the name Lord Haiti? Okay. Long story and kind of consolidated as much as I can. Mm. I found out I got Creo in my bloodline from just find, uh, like family documents. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got a little Haitian name. So let's go. All right. Yeah. Um, also, Chicago being founded by a Haitian man, mm-hmm. you know, Jean-Baptiste. Mm-hmm. And Lord, West Side shit, just yeah. straight, just straight West just Side straight West shit. Side shit. <laughs> this is straight Lordism. West Side. Straight yeah. Shout out to them people. Yeah, <laughs> straight West Side shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just paying homage to my ancestors. I was like, all right, sure. I'm going to embrace this. And um, it was cool, though. Like, it was it was literally like, I wanted to have a name that I wanted. To, I, I always was fun, like a, a fan, big fan of Wu-Tang. So I always wanted some shit that was just like, yeah, like this is that. Like mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what it came up with. I'm like, all right, I'm a little hate. Let's mm-hmm. go. Like it's it's just Chicago, West Side nigga, 
uh, Chicago being founded by a, a Haitian guy. And literally, like, I was fond of, like, uh, you know, y'all know intellect, um, being in tune with a lot of history mm-hmm. and learning about Haiti being the first black republic. So mm-hmm. I was like... Speak to it. Yeah. How can I connect that? It's proud. You know, yeah. how, can I, how can I connect that with Chicago? And I'm like, oh, all right, there we is. You know, Lord Haiti. So... That's just what it is. It's a name, right? But it's it's a brand at the same time. If that makes sense. yeah, most like, of yeah. Most it's, I also turned that. Na- it's crazy. I turned that name into an LLC. So mm. yeah, that's fire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's I'm, what I have yet a, to do. Yeah, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the process. I'm in the process right now of uh, trademarking that name. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I gotta, I gotta do that. LLC, everything else but that shit. Yeah, yeah LLC, your name. Turn, turn, turn your name into a, into a business. Turn, like literally, I got that from uh, a friend of mine. He was just like, "Why don't you just turn your name into a business?" Sure. He was like, "Why don't you just make it Lord Haiti LLC?" I'm like, "I'm gonna go with that." Sure. Been, I uh, had my EIN since 2016, so officially been in business since 2016. All my other business endeavors is under Lord Haiti, so it's like. That's the umbrella. Gotcha. Yeah, it ain't right. just music, though. But. Okay. I see. Yeah. I like yeah. so, you, so you're from the west side. Where in particular? Uh, L-Town. So L-Town. grew up uh, Leamington and Maypole, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, For our non-Chicago listeners, can you explain okay. what and where is L-Town? All right. L-Town is... <laughs> all right. <laughs> For the non-Chicago listeners, L-Town is... West of K-Town. So the reason why you got K-Town and L-Town because all the streets is named after a K or L. So K-Town, you got Kenton, Kilpatrick, Costner, Keela, Kildare, everything. That's from Pulaski to Cicero. So uh, between Pulaski and Cicero going east and west, it's all K-Town or all Ks. From Cicero, I want to say to Central, it's all Ls. You got Laramie. Leamington, uh, Latrobe, Lockwood, Lotus, LeClaire, Laverne, like that is L-Town. And it's all within the Austin community. K-Town is more so like Garfield Park area. L-Town is more so Austin. And Austin is like that neighborhood being technically by population and mass is being the biggest neighborhood in Chicago, but it's also the poorest. Mm. So, and probably one of the most dangerous like it's right there up there with Inglewood. Um, I think there was a study that they had that police spent from 2005 to 09, they spent 550 million towards incarceration in Austin alone. Mm. Shit. Yeah, they spent like 300. Yeah. They only spent, and they only spent like 300 million in Inglewood. So, yeah, like, and one of my friends. Um, Shout out my homie Hot Sky. He he was one of the people who used to allegedly be on one of the hottest blocks in Chicago. And it's in L Town. It's on the 4900 West, uh 4900 block of West Adams. Like right there. Um CPD used to spend, well, Chicago, not just CPD, they used to spend two point three million dollars a year on that block alone. Mm. Just to just for just to lock niggas up. So That's crazy. Yeah. When I when I look at just L Town, I'd be like, all right, that's 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 what it is, and I want to do something about it. So I'm thankful to be here today, you know, the stuff that I experienced, but I'm also thankful for somebody like my mom, cause 
she was real active in the community. Okay. So yeah, like everybody, uh, like my mom been active in Garfield Park, Austin. She been real active on the west side, and she recently just started getting like uh, notoriety for it. So like she was featured in NBC. Um, the Obama Foundation made an article about her, like just like um, people that's making a difference in their neighborhood. So, you know, that's all that history, all this intellect you see today. Mm -hmm. I'm a product of my OG. That's what's up. Yeah, that's beautiful. Which is embedded in the West Side because West Side is, you know, people know Chicago history is that a lot of black man. And, and like I love like this thing. Crazy part is my. My mom was born on the south side. She moved to the west side. My grandfather, um, and this is a, this is something, and I'm not trying to shit on nobody. Um, my grandfather designed the Harold's Chicken logo. Interesting. That's crazy. But okay. he didn't patent it, mm. and he did like he did it as just like on some homie shit. Mm -hmm. like, you know, we here right now. You say, hey, bro, I need a logo. All right, bet I got you. Like. Okay, what y'all need? Yeah, I need uh well back. I got a look a king chasing a chicken with a Caesar. Like that was that. Like my my grandfather designed that logo. Never patented it though. Like just did it as some homie shit. Is he still alive? No, nah, okay. no, nah, he passed away. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that that's just some history too. Like mm. yeah, another thing too. Like they don't they don't talk about the West Side a lot. Uh, you know when Martin Luther King came out here. Mm -hmm. The Lords, yep. they they held them down, they held them down mm -hmm. cause the pastors on the south side didn't want them. Like they didn't want him preaching at they uh, churches and whatnot. High, high risk. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. high risk. And at that time, Mayor Daly was on some other shit. Like he was on some racist shit. So south side pastors was just like, nah, we ain't gonna let you preach I at our. Yeah, we ain't you ain't finna mess up our. You ain't finna bring Mayor Daly and all them people here. We don't want that heat. You too hot. So he came uh, to the west side, uh, got with this this guy named um, Al Raby. It was, uh, he was a clergyman as well. And um, that's the, actually the high school I went to. It's called Al Raby High School. Uh, he was a clergyman who was uh, real cool and connected with Dr. King. And uh, Dr. King, he couldn't stay at no hotel because he was too hot. So the Lord's, he was staying on Hamlin and 15th, I think. And they housed him. They was his security. They protected him and everything. So, yeah, it's a lot of history. People rich don't know. history of Chicago, man. That's, yeah, that's real. Definitely. Jesus. Man. So, so musically, I, I want to start there. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you begin producing? If that's how you started. Um. Hmm. Producing wise, I started. I was sixteen in high school, bro. Yeah. My brother. Now, my brother was a producer before me, and I used to get inspired by, like, all the beats he made. I was just like, damn, bro, this shit hard. Like, I was still finding my lane. I was an athlete. So, on a, during the offseason, I was playing football. Like, so during the offseason, playing football, I needed to find something else. Like, and literally, I asked my brother, yo, bro, I think I want to make music. I started off trying to DJ but the DJ equipment was too expensive at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I think some Technique 1200s was like, shit, $1,200, a turntable, <laughs> like for real. So my OG ain't, she ain't, she was like, I can't afford that. And 
my brother had, you know, he had a little, um, he had a, a crack uh, FL studio. He had cracked into it. <laughs> and he was just like, this is what I use. I went on FL. Literally the simple thing, I asked him a simple question. Hey, bro, how do you lay a kick in a snare? And he was just like, this is what you do. From there, the rest was history. Mm. I stuck with it. I got with FL. Still couldn't afford no DJ equipment. OG bought me a, a, a machine. The first thing I had, though, uh, my brother had um, some his one of his friends who was trying to be like him in producing. He had an MPC one thousand, mm-hmm. so that's why I started off at mm-hmm. on the MPC one thousand. And when it was time to like, we just borrowed it. When it was time to give it back, that's when I transitioned. I'm like, all right, I need my own beat machine. So mm-hmm. Got one for like my 17th birthday. Stuck mm-hmm. at it, and that was that. Mm. Yeah, so damn, I'm ten years in this shit. Damn, yeah, damn, ten years. Damn, I just thought about it. Like, damn, I started sixteen and got my first V machine at seventeen. Now I'm twenty seven. I'm like, damn, I've been doing this for ten years. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's what vibes are you most proud of? Hmm. What you mean by that? Like the artists and stuff that you work with, like the beats that you were able to give to the artists. Oh, okay. Like what song have you put? Have definitely, you magic on definitely, like Mansa Musa. Uh, that's that's one right now I'm proud of, like, cause it's paying me. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. lie, yeah. you know, it, it made it on NBA 2K, and I was like, that's right. a look, that's a good look. Yeah, sure. I was like, all right, it made it on NBA 2K20. Like that story, the way that came about, bro asked me for some beats. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, I met him. Um, do y'all know if y'all remember? Y'all remember AMFM? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's for fun for them. Yeah, yeah. AMFM. So when they was in Pilsen, yeah, they had a they had like a producer series back in 2017. I did. I was like maybe the second to last person to go. Mm. I was doing. I was snapping. I met uh, Khalid at that at that uh, producer show. He was just like, man, let's work, let's work. I'm like, all right, cool. We link up. He played me some music he did. I was like, damn, bro, this is dope. He wanted some beats. He picked the master moose to beat. He was just like, man, I want this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Is you serious with it? And he was just like, yeah, bro, I wanna, I wanna do something with this. I, I really wanna do something with it. And I'm like, all right, here go a contract. Like, and it was from experience, though. It was legit from experience of being screwed over and whatnot. I'm like, all right, let me just give bro this contract. And he did it. We got the track back. And then this one, like, the post-production came into play. I was like, something missing. I called one of my homies up. I'm like, yo, um, laid down some background vocals on this track. And they did it. They laid some background. Him and this, uh, him and my homegirl, they laid down some background vocals. If you listen to it, you slightly hear it. They laid down some little background vocals and nuances, and then like that little, little touch made it complete. I got a call like months later. He like, yeah, bro, this going on NBA 2K. I'm like, what? Like, huh. what you mean? He nah, bro, this going on 2K20. All right, whatever, cool, whatever. He nah, all right. Shoot his text. He like, yeah, bro, I just got confirmation it's going on 2K20. They dropped the soundtrack. I see it. And I was just like, damn, this shit real. That's major. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That, I, I was I, I didn't like at first I was like, okay, cool. And then 
I, I'm, I know bro is a man of his word. He ain't, he wasn't no just talking out his ass yeah. shit. Like, I didn't, I really ain't believing until literally the day they dropped the soundtrack and I'm looking at the soundtrack like, damn, that's a beat yeah, up. That's produced. my name, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just hearing like, damn, that's a part. I, I did that. Like, I, I was a part of something that made it on, on the video game. Like, damn. So, that right there. Um, I'll say working with just Chicago artists in general, like just being able to like right here, being able to sit here and people know who I am. I'm like, damn, that's 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 something that I'm proud of right there. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't even gotta be no beat, just people knowing like you Lord Hey. Mm-hmm. I finally I I finally made a name for myself, bro. That that's something that it took me Years, like I want to say at least seven years to make, because I got, I got a sister who known in the music industry, especially in Chicago. Now, I'm glad that you said that. Sister's huge. Because I wasn't going. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't because because I wasn't sure is this something that you're always public about who your sister is? No, I like I mean people when they see me they look at me like I okay, dead ass. I only use that. I only use that. Oh, I'm so so and so is my sister, one time, and this was South by Southwest. Bro. Okay, I used it one time, and it got and it was like, all right. Um, actually, you want me to say her name? Like, I'll no, say, you don't gotta say her name. Okay, you don't say her I, name. I mean, I do want to give a credit though. For sure, you know, I do want to give you. a credit. It's your family. All right, shout out my sister Brianna Gatlin. Hey. I love you, sis. Thank you for. Your hard work, your dedication, everything you taught me about business and everything, and staying on me, like showing me tough love. I appreciate that. Even when I don't like it and I don't want to hear nothing, you being brutally honest, I love it. And she's the founder of what? Let's make Swank PR. She's the founder of Swank PR. PR. Bro, she, I remember I used to play her beats back in like 2013. She'd be like, nah, this shit whack. Nah, this shit whack. Bro, this is my hardest shit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> damn, this is my hardest. Like, she, nah, this whack. Nah, this whack. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I think she ain't really believing me until, like, 2016 when I dropped the first on my soul. She, I literally took money out of my pocket, had a connection I had with uh with some guys in Toronto, booked my own show out there, like, legit. Out my pocket, booked my own show, got everything set up. And she was just like, damn, but Lil Bro did all this by himself. Mm. All right. I see you. Okay. And that, that was it. That, that was, that, it. That was okay. that's all I needed. Cause she used to be like, nah, this beat whack. Mm, nah, I don't really like that. Then it was that moment she was like, hmm. It, yeah. Even though that you may not use her name, do you feel privileged in that relationship? Um, yes and no. Okay. Like, Yes, because I be hearing shit that I don't want to hear mm-hmm. or stuff that I ain't supposed to hear. Um, so it's like, yes, I feel privileged because I she tell me about certain things like, oh, man, make sure you don't get no deal like this because this happened. She don't tell me about like, okay, so-and-so did this, but she'll be like, look, man, you need to be careful of who you moving around. Mm-hmm. So she I'm privileged in the, in the sense of knowing like, nah, don't don't mess with this person. Cause even when I call her and be like, hey, have you ever did business with so and so? What's your thoughts on this? And she'll straight up tell me, like, mm-hmm. yo, 
this person is shady, this person will put you in a fucked up contract, this person might, it's smoking mirrors with this person, mm -hmm. it might sound cool, but it ain't no, she'll let me know. I don't feel privileged because I can't ask her and be like, yo, I need you to do something for me. Yo, can you write this up for me? Or I need, no, I got to put that work that in. I got to do that shit that's myself. Right, that's that's literally what it is. Like, I'm not I'm not one of those privileged people that can just call her and she'll do something for me. No, I got to. Is that her because of her? Like, is she, is she like, be like, nah, you got to get it off the mud? Um, type shit? Or is it just because you, you know, it's like a pride thing? Um, for me, it's more of a pride thing. Like, all right, I got to do it myself. Sure. But also with her, you know, she she educates me, but she also lets it be known, like, no, you yeah. better get this shit out the mud yeah, yourself. Yeah. Like, she lets it be known, like, no, nah, you better do it yourself, because, no. Nah. But she is, like, I will say because of the name that I made for myself now, she it wouldn't be hard for her to be like, okay, this is Lord Haiti. He's a producer. It used to go from, this is my little brother. He makes beats mm -hmm. to, this is Lord Haiti. He's a producer. Yeah. The, the, the conversation changes the, just how she explains it. So yeah, I still haven't, I'll say this. I haven't, let me be quiet and watch my words. Um, I benefit from, the work that she has done for me, but I don't think I benefit from, I would say maybe a contact or like introduction from someone just yet. Mm -hmm. like, no handout type shit. Yeah, no you handout type yeah. shit. For sure. Yeah, I benefited from the work she's done for me and everything, but I think I don't think I benefited from probably meeting somebody through her that I can directly go and make something happen for. Them. Gotcha. And that's no shade to my sister. It's probably like, okay, in business, somebody might have, you know, like me and you might not have the same rapport that y'all have with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's just that. Like, that's literally just that. Like, I've met people through her who I've benefited from, like meeting her um, and I benefited from, but actually like, okay, I meet like a name, uh, a big name artist and she say this Lord Haiti, probably nothing came from that. Mm. But something like, Oh, well, you need an engineer, you need to go holler at so-and-so. Or you need a photographer. I know a photographer that you can talk mm -hmm. to. Like, and I, Or I'll come to her and like, yo, who you, what you think I should do in terms of this? And she'll say, oh, this would be a good idea, but you're going to need this. All right, cool. And yeah, so I develop my own contact list under yeah, that. Yeah, because she got a... She, anybody who know my sister, she is very strict on her contacts and who she allowed to have access to her contacts. I ain't know in business, it's like, all right, you introduce me to somebody and I go behind your back, I contact that person mm -hmm. and then I do bad business mm -hmm. with them. Then they gonna go to you and be like, man, who the hell is this Lord Haiti person you you know is like, why you doing, why you, bro just did some right. bad business with me. Like, you know, you know him, like why you introduce, so it's, you got to protect yourself. For sure. So that's just how she is. And I understand it now. Like, for sure. your name is your name. It's your like, brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, it's your, your name brand. is really your name. Like, if somebody 
do bad business with somebody that they met through you, it's like it's gonna mess up your reputation with that person, with that plug. Sure. So, yeah, still gotta get it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, man, that's that's dope. She gave you the pieces, you put the puzzle together. Yeah. Shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not privileged. I gotta get up like everybody else and make, make this shit happen. happen. Yeah. Like, ain't no handouts. Okay. Hey, ain't none. I got. It's. I guess that's probably. A lesson that she wanted to teach me, like, sure. ain't no handouts. You got to get it. Yeah. So, for sure. And you know what? Just that that speaks volumes. I mean, obviously, you got Creole background, like, yeah, like, like that's just that's just how it is. You know this know? was, and this is like, I found this out on. I got documents. Like, my, I'm grateful my family got. Like, I'm I'm actually happy that my family is. We having Zoom meetings with like relatives and stuff. Like, I got family that was Native American. I got some that's from Africa. Like, I got a whole... that I think slavery did a whole lot of interbreeding mm-hmm. with with stuff. So I'm learning a lot about my history from my family. Um, I got one ancestor on my mom's side that was uh, Native American. And she grew up... I think she grew up a child of a slave. Yeah, like Native American father and uh, African Creole uh, mother. Mm. And she grew up like being like a housewife and stuff. I got like musicians in my bloodline. I'm, I'm like learning a whole lot. So, yeah, yeah man, it's, 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 it's humbling too. It's a humbling mm-hmm. experience because it helps me understand like, damn, all right, I got people before me that, Really ain't had no opportunities and they made a way. So gotta continue on in honor of them, you know? Yeah, man. I I got man, I'm grateful. I'm I'm grateful, bro. Like the shoulders, I really now understand why people say you standing on the shoulders of those who paid the way for you. Like you legit. That's why I ain't gonna I ain't gonna get too deep about that. For sure. We appreciate (laughs) it. I'm I'm just looking like, man, I had uh y'all know snapback on the track, the producer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, bro, been not been going off lately on Facebook, but I had a talk with him, and he 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 had a he had something to say. He was just like MLK and Malcolm. He was like, man, they died for nothing. Huh. And I'm like, what you mean? He was just like, bro, we did all that work. They did all that work, and look where we at now. Did we did we make progress on that? I'm like, damn. And he wasn't saying it like trying to shit on them. Mm-hmm. Like he was just saying like, okay, what what came forward from us? Like Malcolm, he 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 said he was just like Malcolm was a follower and MLK was a leader, but he didn't know what he was leading his people to. And I told him like, okay, Malcolm probably was a follower of Elijah, but he once he took his own route he was he started to figure out things for himself mm-hmm. but that's what led, but once he found himself he got assassinated mm-hmm. MLK was a great leader and even MLK said like I felt as if you know I was leading my people or integrating them into a burning house so and now we look at what we had us what they died in the 60s we look at this shit damn near 50, 60 years later, bro. What happened? That's a good point, and I agree. Because I, I, I'm i not, not, and I told him, like, I agree, 
but don't don't shit on them. Like don't try to say seeds were planted. Seeds were planted. Men, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Seeds were planted, and it's and, and I'm with that. I'm I'm a hundred percent. No disrespect to Malcolm. No disrespect to MLK. Even to this day, anytime election time comes, me and my homie listen to the Battle of the Bullet speech by Malcolm. Classic. Period. Like so. All praise is due, all respect due to our people who came before us. But it's like, I right, what do we do with everything they taught us? Mm. We out here killing each other. We out here, you know, finessing each other. We out here, ain't like we can't even look like, bro. If I cross the street with, if I if I'm a total stranger, I cross the street, I can't even make eye contact with you nowadays, bro. Like. It's it's to a point we can't make eye contact with somebody and just say what's up, bro. Like yeah, without that being like, what you mean? What's yeah, going you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, what you mean? You can't relax. even you can't even have a and even then it's not it's to a point where if you hold somebody accountable, they gonna think it's an attack on them, mm-hmm. bro. Like, no, nah, bro, I'm holding you accountable. That's wrong, and I'm not saying it out of like you ain't shit or nothing. I'm saying it like, bro, out of love, bro. I love you enough to tell you that you was wrong. Right. And people feel like the ego get into place. Like, no, yeah. now I want to kill this nigga. Mm. I think he coming at me. Now I want to hurt him. Why? <laughs> nigga, I ain't telling you nothing that, that, was, that you ain't supposed to hear. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's a double edge, bro. It's a double edged sword. It's like, all right, yeah. our, our, our leaders who came before us and... All right, I'm going to just say it. Cause I, I think that's true, though. Yeah, like, think about it, bro. All right, we came from black power to Black Lives Matter. Mm. Think about the, the, the meaning in those words. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was black power to, you know, give us dignity, mm-hmm. show us, like, I, right, you know, we are powerful than what this society tells us who we are. We're going to wear our hair natural. We're going to throw up our black fists. We're going to fight and do all this. Now it's like... All that fighting. Niggas ain't getting lynched no more. You know, niggas would literally fight. I remember, shout out my my big cousin, Benny Lee, last remaining leader of the Vice Lords from the 60s. He told me when he used to walk my, and this is another history, say when he used to walk my mom and aunt to to um, to high school, to Austin, because this, this is around the time when the Austin community was divided. Oak Park, if anybody familiar with Oak Park, everybody know you in Austin community until you cross that block, Austin. Once you cross Austin, you in Oak Park, Illinois. Back in the 60s, Oak Park started at Cicero. So you had Cicero, Laramie, Central, then Austin. That was all Oak Park. When uh, Benny told me he used to walk my mom and aunt to school, they had to get in fights with these racist-ass white boys, like, every day. Yeah. Every day we talking about in the sixties and seventies. Every day they going. My mom and my sister, two young black girls going to high school. They gotta they gotta fight. So it's like in the eyes of racism, with guys were blatantly racist. Niggas was fighting every day. No cameras, nothing. Now nowadays, if somebody get into it with somebody, or if there's a racist act against us, we're quick to go to our phones and record it. And it's like, all right, cool. That's why I be like, we ain't cut from the cloth as our ancestors. Mm-hmm. They fought 
in the face of racism every day. People spitting on them, throwing all type of stuff on them. Might be getting lynched if they if they ain't by, if they by themselves, they might end up lynched that day. They fighting though. Uh-huh. And to this day, yeah, we gonna fight, but it's different though. It's it's a different It's a different fight. It's a different sure. type of fight, bro. You it's ha- true. you have a you have a cultural perspective. You have a historical perspective as it relates to just knowledge about Chicago and yeah. certain things. You know what I'm saying? Social, you know, politically. Mm-hmm. In terms of music, mm-hmm. have any of those things translated, trickled down into the music you growing up that that grew up that inspired you yeah. as it pertains to hip hop and what we're oh about? absolutely. Um, so for the music side. All right, now I gotta now I gotta bring in my sister again. She used to um, intern um, at Vibe Magazine, and then she used to um, write. She was an editor uh, for the Source Magazine. Oh, nice. So, and this was like early two thousand. So I used to get for Christmas every year from like two thousand all the way to like oh five oh six. She would give us like, and you know, back in the day. You know, back in the day, before things went digital, you know, like people that worked for magazines like Double XL, The Source, they used to get albums weeks before the release date. So mm-hmm. when they publish a new, when they publish a new magazine that's centering around somebody's album, mm-hmm. that's why Source automatically had right before, soon as the album dropped, they already got I right, four mics, five mics because they used to do it back in the day. They used to send physical copies of their albums before the release date to these magazines. So my sister had free copies of, like, I'm telling you, bro, one of the first albums I got, uh, Biggie's Ready to Die. Okay. 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Jay-Z Blueprint 2. Um, she used to do this, like, every Christmas. Uh, That's crazy. Ludacris, uh, Word of Mouth, Ludacris Chicken and Bell. I had Urban Legend by T.I. My brother had the Blueprint 1. I had Blueprint 2. Um, I had Bag for Mercy. I had, like, yeah, it's just, like, little stuff like like that. Like, she would just be, like... Before they released. Right before they released, bro. Or if they already did release, she had them. And, like, we used to listen to them on the CD players and whatnot. Um, That was something that kind of shaped me in terms of hip-hop. So... Mm -hmm. I was grateful for that, like having like, all right, damn, I'm I'm listening to Biggie. I don't even know who Biggie is, but I heard of Biggie. I'm like, I'm listening to the whole Ready to Die. I'm like, damn, this, this is a nice album. Like, I'm young, bro, listening to Ready to Die, Get Rich or Die Trying, listening to Jay-Z. I'm listening to Eminem. I'm listening to all these albums. Like, damn, okay, I was a shorty, like, listening to that. So... I didn't know what it was at first. Like I did. It was I was I, I love rap, but I didn't appreciate it until now. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't appreciate it like damn, my sister real life used to bring us albums like every year. She used to bring us like five albums. And I have like me and my brother might have one of the same album, but out of those five, we'll have two totally different collections. Like, just off that. So yeah. That's how you get real okay. Yeah, that yeah. was the introduction. That was the real introduction to hip hop. Like that was the real introduction to hip hop. Um, yeah, music. My father used to listen to a lot of funk. Uh, 
He used to listen to a lot of, um, I want to say, like George Clinton. He used to listen to a lot of Curtis Mayfield. The classics. Yeah, he used to listen to a lot of, um, of course, he used to listen to the JBs like a motherfucker, bro. The yeah, the JBs, bro. Not just James Brown, the JBs. The JBs, right. Yeah, so he had like a JBs Greatest Hits album. Then he had Curtis Mayfield Superfly. Uh, he used to play the hell out of Superfly. Um, he had a Bob Marley Legend album. He had a whole lot of different albums. And then on my mom's side. Yeah. Yeah. And then my mom's side, she used, her favorite artist is Sam Cooke. So my mom used to listen to a lot of Sam Cooke, a lot of Motown. So growing up in a crib, I'm hearing all all this like soul and funk music growing up from my parents. And then before I was born, my older brother, he used to listen to a lot of gangster rap. Like mm -hmm. I'm talking like so I was born in 93, so like 89 to like 92, my brother was listening to NWA, Ice Cube, mm -hmm. Dr. Dre the Chronic and stuff, Snoop Dogg. Like, here's an interesting fact. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style came out two days before I was born. That's what I said. Okay. Yeah. Like, albums, albums used to drop on Tuesdays yep. before they dropped on Fridays now. So it came out November 23rd, 1993, on a Tuesday. I was born 1993, <laughs> <love that> <laughs> November 25th. And, I was, and the crazy part is I was born that day because my mom said that day was Thanksgiving. So Snoop's album dropped two days before Thanksgiving, and I was born on Thanksgiving in 93. Mm -hmm. So like that album just like my, I, I call it my birth album. Like it just resonates with me. So um, you have a favorite album? Do I have a favorite album? Hip hop or just music? Hip hop. Hip hop. Hip -hop. I'm gonna go exclusively hip hop. Okay. Mm. Top five. You can give it to us. Okay. Um, I know it's, it's hard. To no, no order, no order, right, no right. order. I'm gonna throw doggy style in there just okay. cause it's off the off the back. Um. I got I got a whole playlist on play. Yeah. I, got, I got to pull out the phone for this. I got, I got, I got them listed. I know right. it's hard. It's always hard. All right, so Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Yeah. Um, and we talking about hip hop. Okay, I'm gonna say Outkast Equimini. Okay, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's Little Brother, The Minstrel Show. Okay, interesting. I'm with you on that one. Um, one of them names you don't hear too much. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mm. Um, Mob Deep, the Infamous. Okay. Um. Mm, number five is, is is I'm stuck, bro. I'm stuck. I'm stuck between Adrenaline Rush and. It's like I'm. It's like I'm stuck between a driddling rush and like the college dropout. Like I'm stuck mm. because one of my friends said he say a driddling rush is like Chicago's Illmatic. That's like that's an interesting. Think about it, bro. Like we probably from a different era, but like when a driddling rush dropped, niggas say that was like the. That's like. 
will kind of put Chicago on the map. Like Chicago's MA. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of oh, look crazy. talk to OGs, talk to your OGs before you like, bro, just talk to your OGs and ask them about drilling rush by Twister. They're gonna be like, Oh yeah, bro, I remember when that dropped, this was doing this, this was going on. Mm. Like Is that the album with the with the psycho drama joint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dun, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that joint. Yeah, like that's like Chicago's Illmatic, bro. Like, ask any, ask all your predecessors, any guys who came. That. I like that. I like that. I, I, I said, oh, that's, that's interesting. Thought. That's uh, interesting. Like, think about everybody who from Chicago who who was big in the hip hop scene before uh. our time. They gonna talk about when they grew up, and they gonna talk about the drilling rush and the impact it had in the city, like. That is very Chicago, like from the skits, everything, just mm-hmm. how how the whole it, it was a movie. It painted a picture, like mm-hmm. that whole album, and I would hold that as like that's like just on some Chicago shit. Like that would be there. Mm-hmm. College dropout would probably be there because I went to college and I dropped out, and that whole album was literally my soundtrack mm-hmm. before I dropped out. I'm like, man, I'm finna drop out this shit, <laughs> like. So before you got here, we had this long, elaborate debate that we go. didn't come to a conclusion. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wait. <laughs> last, last <laughs> one. <we> uh, Lupe <laughs> Fiasco's Food and Liquor, too. Oh, yeah, I got a, uh, the first one, the first one. Okay. The food, cool food and Liquor. My favorite. Yeah, the Cool is my favorite, too. I like the Cool, but, man, it's like Food and Liquor. Food and Liquor is the... Yeah, so we've been trying to create a top all-time Chicago rapper list, right? Mm-hmm. And we done played around with it from thinking, like, can we do 50? Can it be 25? Then feeling like, damn, maybe that's we don't really got that much. Who will be the 10? And so I want to ask you a question. I want to take away the GOATs. I want to take away the Kanye, the Lupes, the Commons, the Twisters. I want to remove them damn. out of the conversation okay, because they're already... Kanye is number one, bro. For like, sure, right. But I personally, I regard them as already being Mount Rushmore. They're already God. Right. So in the sense of the now, mm. who okay. are you looking at right now that's hot to you in Chicago? Saba. That's my fucking boy. Saba, okay. That's my boy. Saba is... Man, I remember I met Saba. South by Southwest 2014. This is when he had like the little dirty dreads. His, his hair was a little, little, little small. <laughs> I met, I originally met Saba when he was nappy head and he did, um, he had Get Comfortable. That was his first mixtape, Get Comfortable. And he was nappy headed and I had a beat battle. This is before I was Lord Hey. So met bro there. Then I met him again in South, at South by Southwest 2014. And he was just moving around doing his own thing. But right now, bro, taking off. So, like, yeah. just taking off, seeing what he's doing with all everybody in Pivot. Like, he taking off. Dreamville. Yeah, like that's that's that was a great look for bro. That was a good look. I was like, I was like, yeah, he he needed that cosign. So, man, bro had one of the coldest projects of 2018. Care for me. Care for mm-hmm. me is. And the crazy part is, me and his cousin John Walt got the same birthday. Damn. John, every time, I swear to God, every time I be on IG posting for my B-Day, I look on um, either Mellow or Fresh uh, page, they posting John Wall. I'm like, damn, me and bro had the same birthday. I only met him one time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it was cool. It was all love when I met him. Like, it was legit all love. Like, so Saba's the alpha. Yeah. Saba might be there. I love Chance. Um, 
That last album, though, bro. Wasn't it? The last the, two albums. Well, look, no. Anything after acid rap, to be honest. Mm, I'm going to be honest, bro. Color and book, people sleep on it. Musically and what he did that year. Like the whole what he did year. that year was a big. What he like, did that, that whole was everything movie. it was perfect, bro. Like it ain't just the it big. ain't just the music. It's everything that went around the music, bro. So it was the whole art. It, exactly. It the, the that's why I'm talking about music being an experience. It was the whole experience, bro. Was performing at the ESPYS, SNL, had one of the biggest concerts that day. Like what the Coloring Book concert. You threw that at the Sox party. Come on, bro. One of the biggest concerts ever. The biggest ever. artist. Biggest concerts <laughs> ever. Had one of the best guest verses that year on uh, Ultra Light Beam, bro. And a, nigga, and a nigga made $6 million off that hat alone, bro. That's a fact. You used to know, you Big that everything surrounding that that year, that album, bro, was taken this out. This is why I made shit a yeah. I heard that. See, Chance, when it comes to Chance, see, Chance for me, Chance has something of what I call like the Drake effect in the sense that he has released great music, but he hasn't put out what I ideally want him to make yet. That's, you got to understand, bro. Okay. Um, I've only been in the studio with Chance once, and it was literally like me sliding, sliding up there to uh, just slide up there with my homie Vails and just hollering at Reese about some shit. It was literally just mm. on the fly, just, just right place, right time. Broken actually freestyle, huh. like off the head with bars. Like broken actually freestyle, bro. Yeah, he can rap. He can actually rap. I think the thing is, he has an image to uphold. He has a brand for sure. He has a brand. Yeah. He he's a Nickelodeon artist. Damn, I wouldn't have said that, but I ain't mad I at that. it. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. I ain't mad at I'm, that. I'm, I'm not it saying like sense. I'm not saying not like respectfully for sure. You know, I'm not yeah. saying like he's he PG. Corny, but legit, like, bro, he got he got a he got Christmas albums with Jeremiah, bro. Yeah. Remember, even prior to that, yeah. think about it, bro. Think, no, like for real, no, bro. Real think shit, about yeah. it, like, let's be let's be honest, bro. Yes. Niggas yes. got niggas got Christmas albums, bro. Yeah, you play like you play a Christmas album with your family. It's you chance rap Michael Jackson? And then, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say maybe Drake, yeah. but he's like. Like, all right, bro. But I do remember him taking down songs because after he had his daughter, he was sensitive about how it would make him look. So yeah, he's and, very I, and like, I do not I do not know, bro, so personally. I don't music. know, bro, personally, but I know that he has to be calculated. Like, his moves got to be calculated, He's very bro. calculated. He has an image to uphold. His family is huge in his business. Exactly, bro. So I mean, everything is very every yeah, bro. It's strategic, bro. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's very strategic. So it's like the because of maybe his booking agency or who his PR is, whatever the case may be, mm. he has to uphold that family friendly image because that's making him the money the most. Right. That's making him the most money. Children love him. Like literally, bro. You can see Chance hosting the VMAs, or you can see Chance hosting the. Uh, Nick, uh, what's the damn Nickelodeon Awards called? The uh, the damn with the slime. The Team Nick Awards. Yeah, 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 the Nickelodeon yeah. Awards. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah the Teen Choice Awards. Teen, or some yeah, some shit, some shit like Kids Choice Awards. Yeah, Kids Choice Awards. Like you can just see Chance. That's his lane. That's his lane. That's why I say he's a Nickelodeon artist. There's no no offense to him. Like if he wanted to make the music, he like, and I'm sure everything he's making is what he wants to make. Yeah. 
but it, it, it has to coincide with his image. You're not going to see. I only heard one time he on the song with, what was that, Baja Banks did the, the uh, Shake That Ass yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time I heard Chance on, like, some ratchet shit. Well, I mean, Are You Live was pretty ratchet. That was the, that was on the Christmas during. Yeah, during, but I think I think I think he got I think he's still with CAA. CAA is the uh, um, talent agency with um, Will Smith and George Clooney. So you think uh, about like those names of you got right. talent agencies. Of course, like if you with those talent agencies, you have think about Will Smith. Like Will Smith ain't gonna be nobody that's going to be like if you look at Will Smith's brand, it has to be family friendly. Mm. George Clooney, he a, he a playboy white boy. Like, it's, they all, like, with being with that agency, they want you to represent yourself, but they also want you to be like, all right, non-confrontational, like, just sure. business, bro. And he's there. The shit he's doing for Chicago, he's there. On the music side, I mean, everything up until the big day. Like, I was I was rocking with Chance. The big day. Yeah, I was on Ashrap hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Astro was a great Asher project. Was greatest project he's ever put out, for sure. That's and cool. all right, so we got Saba, Chance. I want to say my boy Vic. God, Vic, Vic who? Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Nah, dude. Yeah, yeah. What Why do you mean trying to play me, man? I'm not saying so, I'm just saying he always does this stuff. I've gone on record. I've gone on record to say that Vic Spencer is the best rapper in Chicago right now. When I'm dealing with just straight lyricism, not all the extra other fluff and shit, I think Vic is. The best I, I would I would consider Vic to be an MC. He's an MC out of sure. a pool of rappers. Vic Spencer MC. is a MC, no doubt. Is he the best MC? Because when we throw MC on a nigga's name, that creates that, a, a yeah, that's, pretty that's, different distinction. Whole, see, the crazy part is I know guys that probably got a nice following that and they. I know some niggas right now, bro. They got nice followings, and they may not be in the same rooms or same lanes as Vic, but I know niggas right now who can rap freestyle and actually rap just as good as Vic. Probably got songs with Vic. I'm sure you do. You know Weasel Sims? Familiar with the name. Weasel Sims. No. That's one of the guys I've heard. I was just like, bro be spitting. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, like Weezer Sims. Weezer Sims is a uh, rapper. He got he got a following. Bro got a following too. Um, of, he, of pure talent though. Forget the following. Forget the glamour. I'm just saying, you know, like, but I'm just saying that we're gonna talk about people who might got a look like, would, like would, lyrically, on a lyrical tip. Man, Mick's still cold, bro. Jenkins, yeah, I agree. That boy's still cold, bro. That's what I. That's what I told him. I was like, like nah, oh, that boy's still cold. Like, I lyrically, think, like, like, yeah, lyrically, bro, still cold. Now we taking out the goats because mm-hmm. I was gonna say the lyrical goat in Chicago is Lupe, Lupe bro. Like, without question, like, without question, <laughs> like, <laughs> ain't nobody he out there. Still doesn't get enough credit, exactly, bro, bro, like. Ain't nobody out rapping that man, bro. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, uh, but just in in this new generation, like lyrical, I got Mick Jenkins. I'm gonna put Vic Mensa and Vic Mensa. Okay. Cause Vic Mensa can spit. That nigga cold. He can spit, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just. I I I don't know the guy personally. I met him. We chopped it up like one time. I met him when he was doing Complex Con. I actually met Vic Mensa at Complex Con. Uh, not actually at Complex Con. It was the events around it. Yeah. Through my sister, like my sister was just like, "Oh, this is my brother." He's seen the shirt I had on. I had on the Wu Tang. Uh, Rage Against the Machine tour shirt and he complimented was like man bro and then he was just like yeah bro this, ooh, you know I actually met Rage Against the Machine they all cool to say it like Vic I don't know why you put a dress on my brother damn I don't know why you put a dress on my brother I am not I am not your enemy I am your brother I don't understand why you did it maybe you was making a political statement my brother uh, I don't agree with it you still cold I feel like that didn't haunt him as much as we would typically think that would. Like, people were already over Vic at mm. the time. It was like, if anything, and like he said, like we don't know why he did it. If anything, that could have, maybe they felt like that was something. But to this, that, that V-tape, I just heard that V-tape. That V-tape he came out with was cold, bro. I didn't heard the V-tape. The V-tape was, the V-tape yeah. was cold, bro. I was like... It, and the crazy part, it dropped the same day as Nile shit. And I was like, damn, he lyrically outshining Niles. But I had to listen to Nile shit again. Nas did with King's disease. Nas just Yeah, Nas is off the he's uh, yeah. But he, like Vic can spit though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Vic, Mensa, and Spencer, they can spit. Saba can spit. Saba can rap too. Man, on some Chance lyrical. Can rap. Chance can rap on no some lyrical. No name can rap. No name can definitely rap. You know, then you have a. I'm annoyed by no name these days, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, same. Been tweaking a little bit lately. Same on some other shit, but just 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 make good music for the people. No, but that's that's like telling that's like but Sam just make good music is like somebody saying shut up and dribble to LeBron. It's not it's not to take away her voice because you can always still speak, but it's like you have a fan base. Maintain them. Don't because I feel like there's certain things that she has done that could easily make make someone be like, yeah, I'm not really enthused by this comment. I don't really feel in the music. Like, I well, I was really annoyed with her not doing the um the soundtrack to Judas, Judas and the Black, and Black Messiah. Messiah. Like her statement, I feel like it was kind of off. Know. What was her statement? She she didn't want to be a part of it because she felt she had a certain way about the depiction of the movie. And I think that coming from showing the movie primarily from the lens of the informant and just kind of the message and what that sends, she didn't want to be a part of it. I get it. And, like, I get it, but you were supposed to be on the track with Saba and your people. Like, you could have, a statement could have been, you know what I'm saying? one, two, you're from Chicago. You're from Chicago. Most of the Chicago people hopped on that album, bro. I was happy. They should have. Man, I was happy because... My mom knows uh, Chairman Fred Jr. and uh, his mom, Akua and Jerry. Like, I've met, I had the privilege of meeting, like, Akua cool and Jerry and Fred Hampton Jr. I was like, damn. Crazy. Like, like, I got a picture. I met them, bro. I was just like, damn, this is... Is that me? This is, this, uh, this is Fred Hampton's wife. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
Damn, I'm I'm talking to someone who's a part of history right now. She can merge the info right there. Man, Man so has <laughs> receipts. Like mm-hmm. I was happy. Um and I reached out to Chairman Fred Jr. I had to I had to go through some other people. But I reached out. Um Chairman Fred Jr. is very like I ain't gonna say it's hard to get to him, but he pays attention. He he's very uh, cautious about very wary about wary. Very, yeah. very, very. That's I think that's the hereditary trauma now. I guess it's embedded in it. Yeah, it's very, very, very weary of who he talks sure. to. Like very. But when I reached out to him, I asked him when I was on the phone with him, I was like, yo, you know, with this new film, are y'all, you know, I ain't I wasn't trying to count his pockets. I was just like, are y'all being compensated or are y'all being a part of the production of the film? Mm-hmm. And he said yes. More so his mom was a part of the production because mm-hmm. she was there. Right. right. So I was grateful. When the film came out, I was so grateful that they was a part of the production. Mm-hmm. Like I was so grateful. Like he was on the intro of the soundtrack. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the the bonus track, Rock Him shouting him out mm-hmm. and, and his mom. Like his mom being a part of the production, hearing Lil Dirt, Polo G, G Herbo, Bump J, Saba on that album, like phenomenal ass album by the way. The movie was good too. Everything soundtrack was, was everything. Like, soundtrack was ridiculous. Soundtrack was dope. Like that's that's something that I I like. Now as far as no name, she can she can rap her ass off. She can. She can spit. Um, I think. With her political stance, it needs to be given into her music. Like her political stance and her music need to coincide with each other. Like the message needs to be through the music as opposed because that's how people going to better answers. receive it right, rather exactly. than Twitter fingers. For sure. Mm-hmm. So like, if you got a message to speak on and you want to tweet about it, um, some people, your fans might retweet it and share it and whatnot. And some of your fans who love your music might disagree because they just, you just made a tweet and it might be vague. But the music would be forever. But the music would be so forever. So even if you wanted to get the message across, it would behoove you to put it in music. But, but like, sure. straight up. That's why I like, that's why I like Little Brother the Minstrel Show. Like, legit. Man, they talked about the rap industry being a minstrel show, and they put all that shit into a album. Mm-hmm. And niggas still don't give Knife Wonder his credit as being one of the greatest and producers. The, um, I ain't now. If you ask me my top five producers, bro, I, I'm be. I got. I have my That's favorite. Too, I have my favorite producers, and then I got the top producers. Dylan Dylan, my favorite. Dylan, the goat. I yeah. think. I think Dylan's the goat. Ain't no other hip hop producer in this world right now. Maybe Dr. Dre. Maybe Dr. Dre. Ain't no hip hop producer you gonna ever see who has literally a piece of their history in the African American History Museum, like the one in D.C. You know what I'm saying? They got his NPC there, bro. That's crazy, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Premier we talk- shit need to be in there too, but yeah, like, but I'm just saying, you know, they got they got his shit there. They got yeah, one of Michael Jackson's suits and shit. They got a Prince suit in there. They got the damn mothership that Parliament Funkadelic had. Like, that's that'd be nasty. Now that'd be nasty. Family not giving that up. <laughs> well, I, I can see why they may not because it's like, you know, 
he got deported, bro. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like on some political, he got deported, bro. But still though. They, they, I didn't know that. Doom got deported. That's he died in the UK, bro. Yeah. He got deported in like 2015, bro. Yeah. They could get it if they wanted to. But like, I'm just they, that's why I think it's a slap in the face for somebody like uh, whoever is in Joe Biden's administration to have an MF Doom. Doom died. I thought he just passed away. But he died in the UK. Oh, okay, right, right, right. I thought you said he died but, in 2015. I'm like, no, he got deported in like 2015. Okay, I thought you said he died in. Okay. No, he died. He he died. Yeah, he he died, died. Yeah, last died. year. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, I seen a tweet that OK Player put out said MF Doom is going to be a part of like Joe Biden's inauguration playlist. And I'm just like. Why? That's so weird. That's so um, weird. That's why I'm just. On, yeah, it's just like on some, it's disrespectful because it's like Joe Biden, bro, you was part of Obama's administration that deported niggas. Like, stop playing. <laughs> like, everybody want to give Obama his praise and shit, but the man. No disrespect, no, no disrespect, bro. Here. I know you explain. No disrespect, bro. But he deported a lot of people. Over two million people got deported under Obama's administration. For like, sure, though. More than Trump. More than Trump. More than Trump. Nobody sure, like again. Obama was good for an uh, image. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. He was a symbol. That's it. He was a symbol. If you uh, a symbol for of sure. what was his first campaign? The hope. 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 Yeah. It's a, it was all scripted, for sure. It was like, all right, bro, you a good image, you and your wife, a good image of what uh, a good black family supposed to look. What it could be, happen. What, it, what could happen, and you look at little black children right now in poverty, that's a symbol of hope. Like, hey, look at that guy right he, there. He's a charity kid. He, pl- he played sure. on the one thing that black people have always had. Yeah, exactly. Faith and hope. But I don't think, yeah. it, was, I don't think it was his doing, as, as opposed to it being more of a... Obviously, I mean, he, of course. He, obviously, part of a bigger Of course, issue. definitely. It's not like he went in and did the thing. Yeah, but it's like, but all right, yeah, it's, his administration, and I'm not, sure. I, I don't talk politics, but his administration deported 2 million, probably 3 million sure. uh, immigrants. His administration, uh, and this has been a documented fact and proven that they sent drone attacks mm-hmm. in Syria, and none of those people that they bombed were any terrorists. Mm-hmm. These are facts. Yeah, a lot of innocent people. Oh, here's another fact for the people who claiming Black Lives Matter. Obama ain't lock up no goddamn officer that had anything to do with um, no like any like any killing of an unarmed black person that was under Obama's administration never got uh, indicted. Nothing, and I hate to say it. Jason Van Dyke got sentenced to jail in 20, what, 18, 2017? Yeah. This was yeah. right after Obama got out of office. So Jason Van Dyke technically got indicted and sent to jail when Obama was out of office. But nobody who, George Zimmerman, nobody. The only person who got locked up and got executed was Dylan Roof because he wasn't a cop. And it was a blatant hate crime. And he said that he was trying to incite a race Race war. war, That was his purpose of doing that. And he did it calculating. Now, if we're going to get into some history, bro, Dylan Roof did it specifically in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. At a church. Which church was that? That church was the church that Denmark Vesey, who was an abolitionist, Mm. it was that church. He did it on like the... Hundredth and like yep, fourth yep, anniversary yep, of okay, so Denmark Vesey was an abolitionist, right? Mm-hmm. He was supposed to lead a slave revolt. The slave revolt was supposed to happen, but it didn't happen because 
can I say the, can I curse? Yeah, like, you can curse. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, coons. <laughs> Plain and simple. The 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 <laughs> the yeah the the damn revolution or the his slave revolt did not happen because there was a slave that told a slave master word got around, right. and they and they and they and they captured him and thirty other people, uh, like like maybe a few days or a week before the the alleged uh, slave rebellion. Right. So like a week before the day they supposed to make it happen, somebody told the master. They executed him and like 29 other people. They right. brought him on trial, executed them. So Dylan Roof, like 104 years of the alleged day, like like on the day that the slave rebellion was supposed to take place, mm-hmm. on the 100 and like 3rd, 102nd, 104th, whatever, it was 100 and some years later on the day that it's supposed to happen. He ended up going to that same church because they burnt down the church and rebuilt it mm-hmm. in, in South Carolina. Sure. So he went to that same church in Charleston, the same church that Denmark Vesey was having his congregation in and having those meetings at. He went to that same church on the on the alleged day that the slave rebellion was to take place and killed those nine people and said, I want to incite a race war. That's the only person out of every killing that happened when Obama was like, all right, y'all need, yeah, we need to get him. Because he ain't a cop. Mm-hmm. And it's blatant hate crime. So it's like you can't, like, at least with, I hate to say it, at least with, like, the Kurt police killings and all that, they got they got they're protected by the system. So the system can finagle something. But with a citizen like a Dylan Roof, yeah. ain't, no ain't, no, ain't no ways around it when he literally said what I'm here for, what I'm doing, and got it planned out. Can we be honest about something? Because we don't want to stay on politics for sure. But let's be honest about one thing. We kind of knew going in to steal Biden's like We didn't really think he had the power to do. There's a lot of people who thought he did. did. Some niggas did, and some niggas look at Trump and be like, Obama could did some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know this nigga. You know let no nigga in that change shit. Like, come on. The only change he made was a change of a face, bro. That's all it was. But you knew that was gonna happen. And that's what my homie. I mean, you hope that the only thing he did, and gratefully for people who are of you know same sex marriage, like cool. He, you know, do what you do. You you love people. I I got I got homosexual cousins, bro. Mm. You know, I have gay family members. Hey, it's good. I got gay neighbors. Like, that's a, a milestone for people who, who want to just love. They just love. That was that. And that was that's good. Oh, Biden is doing some good with the whole student loans. You know, erasing, eradicating. I mean, he's doing it. You know, he already just passed the law for it, bro. So. Where's my student I'm missing the second one. I'm missing the second one, too. <laughs> but that's another one. But, oh, we're going to get back on this uh, Judas yeah, yeah. and Black Messiah because you told me to save for this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting some Black Panthers that was of the Illinois chapter that was cool with Chairman Fred. Mm-hmm. My mom showed me this video. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called... 1969, the year of the Panther. And Chuck D is actually on that Zoom. It's a Zoom call. 1969, year of the Panther. And it has a few elders on there that was with the chairman 
and they basically talked about what was myth and what was fiction, like what was fact, what was fiction about um, everything in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, Bill O'Neill, William, William O'Neill, got exonerated from the Black Panthers two weeks before the chairman died. Right. So like he was kicked out two weeks before Chairman Fred Fred died. Another thing that they debunked was in a scene where he picked up uh the chairman from jail. Yeah. That didn't happen. Oh wow. They said they was like all of us met the chairman in the courtyard after he got out of prison. Mm. William O'Neill was not there. Mm. So like two weeks, those two weeks, those two weeks before the uh, chairman died, when he got exonerated, they beat his ass. I think they should not say it, but yeah, they beat his ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he owned a gas station that was in Maywood. Oh, wow. Yeah, right off two ninety. It was a gas station that uh, William O'Neill owned, right off two ninety in Maywood. A gas station. He owned a gas station. That's what they had, right? They gave it to him. They gave him the keys to the gas station. Yeah, he had a gas station in um in Maywood. Damn. Yeah. Do you, do you and think he thought he was getting something else? Cause he thought he was getting. A, now the cop head. thing was real, like him, like acting like a fake officer to steal car. That was real. Mm. So they used that against. Him. That was actually real, but him picking up the chairman that didn't happen. Him um now another thing they said um. He was never close with the chairman. Ah, oh, never got that close. Never got that close. Like, the chairman ain't really rock with him like that. Mm. Because dude was up in there talking about, oh, I can make bombs. I can make an electric chair. I can do all this. I right. can basically, like, bring in a lot of heat and a yeah. lot of unwanted, un- unwanted attention. So, yeah. Which they kind of alluded to in that scene when he yeah. popped up with all the fucking uh, shit in the trunk. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, that never happened. Like, mm-hmm. he was not that close to the chairman. Like at all. So he wasn't driving them around and shit. That's what I said. Even even if you look at the interview um, that he act that that he actually had mm-hmm. on Eyes of the Prize, mm-hmm. all that stuff that he was saying was a lie. Mm. Only thing was he just knew. Only thing was he just knew where the chairman lived, which was twenty three thirty seven West Monroe, which is out west. And I didn't even know. Uh, they headquarters was on Western and Madison. Uh, where now it's a Walgreens over there. Damn, that's, that's it's a Walgreens I'm over there across the street from Peace Produce. It's hmm. that's where it used to be. Where that Walgreens is now is where the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party that was the headquarters. Oh, shows, wow. Yeah, that you know what I'm talking about. That Walgreens yeah. on Western and Madison that used to be that's the crazy. Illinois uh, Black Panther Party headquarters. Hmm. Yeah, because he died. Over there on Western and Monroe, he died like around the corner. So, yeah, that they debunked a lot of stuff in that in that um, in that video. That's wild. Nineteen sixty nine, year the Panther. Y'all can just watch it. It's a it's a Zoom call that and they it was some older Panthers and they talked about there were other informants outside of William O'Neill. Yeah, because that's what they were saying. The dude, well, they were saying the informant. Well, they well is that true? Well, they flipped it. The other guy. no, that was true. That that, that was guy, true. that was true about the other informant and them killing somebody. Yeah, that was true. That that was another guy. He's a politician right now, and he's a part of the um, Black Panther Party in Illinois. That Rush. I ain't I ain't saying his name, but yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. I definitely have some questions about him, and it, it's a whole nother idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Man. They ain't say, I'll put it like this. In that video, they did not say his name at all, uh-huh. but they was like alluding to it like they was letting it be known. They didn't say his name. His name was withheld. His character was implied, though. Like, yeah, but every time they kept saying like, yeah, old boy, and, and you watch the Zoom call, there's going to be brothers like, oh, I know exactly who you, like, they're going to be like, mm. Mm, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, Interesting. yeah, things <laughs> took a turn when he was in that as well. So I got to ask, before we wrap up, I have a couple questions I would definitely nah, ask yeah, you. Yeah, come on. Um, how do you feel about hip-hop in this place or its lack thereof as it pertains to just the social climate? When we look at hip-hop, right, okay. in the early... Mm-hmm. When we look at hip-hop in the 80s and somewhere in the early 90s, we saw that music had more purpose. We saw that artists were really speaking to things. And from the beginning, at least at least for those of us who may be like hip hop historians, purists, we know that hip hop had a very special purpose that was beyond the music. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about music generally today coming from where it used to be? Like, okay, I was just having a conversation with my homie the other day. We was playing golden age hip hop. Um like we playing golden age hip hop albums. Every album, bro, sonically sounded different. Mm-hmm. The mixing that happened back then, mm-hmm. as it opposed, like, bro, the NWA straight out of Compton album, bro. The mixing on that, I mean, that's why I get Dr. Dre his flowers. Like the mixing on that was phenomenal. But then hearing the mixing on uh, it's gonna take a nation of million to hold us back by public enemy. That's 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 a different. So the social climate on that was different, um, because hip hop was the movement. That was the that was, I guess, the way to communicate with the people, like letting everybody black brown like. Yep. And I tell people like, yes, although hip hop is something that was started by black culture but it was also assisted by latin culture like the best the the ogs in the b-boy era were latin you know what i'm saying crazy legs let's just come on og b-boy bro so even cool herc was jamaican you know what i'm saying the father of hip-hop was jamaican so you know like that's the thing but it, it it brought different cultures together. It put an end to the gang um, violence. Mm-hmm. That's what it came from. And, you know, you had songs like The Message. You had all songs like Self-Destruction. And fight the Power. Fight the Power. You had songs. Um, but everybody sounded different. Mm-hmm. Everybody from each region sounded different. Nowadays, I think the bar has been raised a little bit. Like... Honestly, the music has been getting better than what I've heard some years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Within the last, what, five to ten years? Yeah, I agree. Like, when, when the mumble rap shit came. It's, it's bringing forth, it's like, that's better. why I like people like Griselda. That's why I like Griselda and stuff. They are bringing back balance. Like, okay, right now who I'm listening to, I'm listening to Griselda. I'm listening to Larry June. I'm listening to, of course, I always love Spitter. Um, yeah. I'm listening to that. Then I'm listening to Lil Baby, Dub Baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, Freddie Gibbs. I got, it's, it's bringing back the balance. 
because like the South does have a place in hip hop, mm-hmm. thanks to Andre 3000. The South got something to say. At first, the South was just dominating it. New York drill. <laughs> hey, shout out to my peoples in NYC, man. man I got, I got family. Well, yeah, they trying, man. So they they trying. Like, but it's like this, man. Like New York didn't have an identity for like ten years, bro. <laughs> Think about it. Like New York ain't had no hip hop identity for like some years, bro. They True. was trying to sound like Atlanta. They never recovered after Fifty, in my opinion. Shit, who came after Fifty? Like, who really came after Fifty, bro? That had like that. Kind of, you know what I'm saying? Who really came after, like, I mean, well, I ain't gonna talk about French Montana, like, mm. you know what? Who really came from I'm New really York? To... Like, because A Boogie sound like somebody from mm-hmm. the South, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't speak shit. on rats, really so on. Daniel Hernandez, I ain't gonna speak I mean, on him, but he never went away, so yeah, this yeah. whole from another era, but like, who really came from New York that's like. Joey Badass, probably the last, the last one. Of that cloth. The last yeah. true MC from, yeah. Yeah. I would say that. I would say and, that. And, and, but and see, like that's him. why, that's why, I like David that's Smith. why when Griselda came, the 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 New York City was like, we going to take on a state. Mm-hmm. Because nobody from New York City really kept it in culture. Exactly. And they and nobody in outside of New York City, New York. Oh, I got family in New York, so New York City was like, all right, this is the pinnacle of hip hop. It wasn't until some guys from Buffalo, New York, and they was like, okay, we're gonna actually back these guys up because they keeping it, they keeping it within the culture. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do it because they not from New York City. They not from the city. So they was like, oh, they these niggas from a whole other part of town. Not even a borough. Yeah, they from a whole nother part. Of, they from a whole nother city. And they was like, man, we ain't rocking with no people be saying that about Chicago. Oh, man, you from the south side. You from the west side. Oh, it's like that in every city. It's like that in Atlanta, too. You got different cliques. You got JD and uh, Jaggi's fake clique. You got Gucci Mane clique. You got, you know what I'm saying, all the, you got organized noise. You got different cliques. It's just like that everywhere else. So Griselda kind of brought back the balance for the MCs, or I guess the coke raps versus the drug mumble rap. Uh-huh. So you got that, and then you got, of course, you got J. Cole still doing his thing. Like, so socially, still, it's, it, I think it's good to see that the balance is coming back. You know what I'm saying? It, because there's a, there's a, there's a demand for it. Yeah. It's like, it's like a demand for, like, a reason why a lot of people supported, like, Griselda, because, OGs kept listening to old music and they kept like shaming and just just judging the young culture. And they like, man, y'all making this whack stuff that ain't hip hop. Then it's like, okay, why don't you listen to some new artists right. that's giving you what you actually want to hear? And there you go. So that's why it's bringing forth balance because now the old, the elder generation can respect the balance of it. And you know, hearing songs like Nas and Lil Nas X on the track, like right. that's good. Yeah. Finally, hearing Nas with a musically relevant producer, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real shit. <laughs> that was always. That's crazy. That's, that was what he bro, always was. That was his always his. That was always his. Purposely choosing challenges. Mm-hmm. Purposely choosing challenges. I ain't like the lost tapes too, bro. 
Oh man, we go. Hey man, that's what not I said. Shit, that's what I So shit. yeah, on the music tip, bro, it's it's bring it's like the balance is coming back because these are only reflections of our reality. Like, I mean, guys gotta talk about what they experienced and been through. So, I guess the climate is different, and you okay? You ain't gonna expect no expect no lyrical miracle stuff from Lil Baby, but he did make a socially conscious song. That was a good one. You know, it's like it ain't lyrical miracle, and he's from Atlanta, so it's like it's a different vibe. And I think uh, Funk Flex talked about it. He was like, listening to a, he was like, I played a Biggie record, I played a Pop Smoke record. He was like, if I don't, he was like, when I played in a club, he was like, if I just mute everything and just look at the crowd reaction, the crowd reacts the same to a Pop Smoke record as they do to a Biggie record. Exactly. He's like, the frequency is there. Or the energy is there, it's a different frequency. Yeah, like the energy is there for the people, but it's just a different tune. For sure. Definitely. So that's just, Damn you know. Before we get up out of here, I definitely want to give you a moment to talk about what you dropped off for us today, bro. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, so these are my combs I got. Um, the name of the company is OMS Organics. Um, we provide quality hemp products to provide everyone the own my soul experience. Hey. So it's literally promoting health and wellness, you know, through smoking. I, I started off, you know, with my first, well, my last project, On My Soul 1.5. It came from uh, rolling papers that I had, just regular rolling papers. And I collaborated uh, with a sponsor by the name of Farm Plug. And... Um, Farm Plug sponsored that. They sponsored that um, that batch. And I was like, all right, cool. People supported me. And with that, though, the cones, I wanted to do something because my goal was to always bring forth a healthy alternative mm-hmm. to smoking. Like, I do not like backwoods. If someone passed me a backwoods. I love backwoods. I don't like backwoods, bro. If someone passed me a backwood, I'm not turning it down. Right. Like, I'm going to smoke it. Paper guys. I'm a, you know, I'm papers, bro. And I'm papers, bro. I'm, I'm just papers, bro. It's just papers, bro. It's healthier, bro. You can taste the weed better. You ain't got that. You ain't got that extra crutch of tobacco. So you can literally taste the weed. You can know who weed is whack. Yeah. Like, man, because like the backwood, the tobacco, because of the, like the backwood itself is a tobacco leaf. So if you got some whack weed, that's going to compensate for it. For sure. This sure. is hemp. So it's it's gotta be fire from it's, You know what I'm saying? It's lights. organic hemp. You can taste the weed better. Is it burns slow. Uh-huh. And I did it for my blunt smokers because I was like, all right. I asked blunt smokers, like, why y'all ain't buy my regular papers? A lot of niggas told me, hey, I don't know how to roll papers. Some people was just like, I don't smoke papers, I smoke backwoods. <laughs> and and I found out the majority of people who say I don't smoke papers is because they don't know how to roll. Mm. It's just like they don't know how to roll. The real true smokers know how to roll joints. Sorry, you don't need you don't need that. Act. Like even with the even with the swishes, people use the that little act when you split it down the middle. That little extra crutch. No, with papers you gotta roll up. So I got some for you niggas who don't know how to roll. You got combs. All you gotta do is stuff it a little bit. You taste the weed. It burns slow. Good to go. And it's healthier for you. You know what I'm saying? It's all hemp. You ain't gotta. Deal with no tobacco. You ain't got to deal with no extra pressure on your yeah. lungs. Like, you good to go. They burn slow. 
you taste the weed, healthy alternative, you know, and they and they big size, king size. So you can definitely put a lot of weed in. So sure. definitely. Well, let the people know where they can find you and your product at, bro, before okay. we get up out of you here. You can find me at Lord Haiti, L-O-R-D-H-A-I-T-I. Right? Find me on all social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Well, Snapchat is Lord Haiti with an E. Lord L-O-R-D-E-H-A-I-T-I on Snapchat. Um, man, support OMS Organics on Instagram. OMS Organics. That's literally the brand. Website is coming soon. I'm going to try to drop it in a week or two for Black History Month. I got a, um working on my rollout, so y'all be on the lookout for that. If I can't drop it in Black History Month, don't worry. It's coming first thing in March. So Definitely. Well, dude, we definitely appreciate you for Man, spending time with us. I appreciate y'all having me. We're gonna definitely have to do this again. Yeah, I would love there's to a, there's hey, bro, a lot that we gotta unpack. Me, my bring dude. me here again. I have no problems. Uh like this like family now. Yes, so sir. just bring me here again. I don't care. If y'all need me as like an honorary special guest, I'll just pop What's in. That? Like I'll pop in. Don't don't look at me as like oh a special guest. Look at me as like oh that's the bro. That's the like, fan. Never want to do battle with a sexist. Yeah. Oh wait, battle with sexist. That's that's one of his ideas. We'll give him that later. <laughs> okay. Just okay. All right. Say less. Mad scientist and shit. So, Lord Haiti, what up, Joe Podcast? Shout out, what up, Joe Podcast? Shout out, Nasir. Yeah. Twelve. We out. Peace. What a life.